Inside perspective on the CT startup ecosystem in the great state of Connecticut. I'm Eric Francis with Fresh Farm Aquaponics. Dave Menard with Martha Kalina. Chris DeMauro with Sublime Exposure Online. And we are here with John Christensen and Matt Connell of yellowbrick.me. How are you guys doing today? Doing all right, thanks. Dave. All right, so people don't see this because we're, uh, we're in production mode right now, but this is the second time we're doing this. And we're going to have John say exactly what he said before, <laughs> exactly word for word. Word for word. So it's going to be, great. Right. It's going to be great. So he's literally yeah. going to go. So we, we had him going. He was a great, you know, we had some good questions and he was going, yeah. but then we he had a lot him of, off. He had a lot of energy. <laughs> a lot of energy. Now, so now he's a little now subdued. So guys, just, just give us a little uh, insight into yellowbrick.me and then, um, you know, like how you guys met and everything. Sure. So Yellow Brick is an educational community focused on parenting. Uh, it takes an approach that involves experts. Uh, they may be from uh, psychology field, pediatricians, and so forth, coming together to uh, kind of crowdsource knowledge that will improve the uh, parenting skills of our, of our members. Uh, Matt and I met uh, several years ago at the University of Connecticut. Uh, he was doing an MBA there. I was just starting out as a professor. We started networking, having a few lunches here and there, and quickly realized that our interests and background as educators overlapped. And uh, we basically came up with this idea and started to run with it, and it's been an amazing journey. Mm -hmm. And it was because you're such a great student, right, that you were, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that you really... Exactly. Yes, yes, I've always been known for my academic prowess. So. Well, I mean, hey, you, you, both, you both have PhDs, so I mean, you got, you got there somehow. <laughs> So, so, um, so the yellowbrick.me, it's based on research or what? I mean, like that's, because right. you were talking about interventions and, and things like that, so. Yeah, definitely. So Matt and I uh, really got along because of our history uh, doing research and, and trying to figure out how to improve the lives of uh, people, not just parents, but uh, just people in general. And so uh, a lot of the research that we had conducted leading up to developing this uh, particular community um, was focused on uh, health and wellness, for example, understanding uh, aspects of parenting that uh, may influence child development, relationships, uh, ed education, finance, that sort of thing. And it all really kind of stems from the concept of, of intervening and in, in, in interventions. Um, and, and what I mean by that is you have some sort of problem that's in society, whether it's a health issue or a parenting issue, and you want to try to find the best way to actually interrupt that, that behavior, try to go in and change things, whether that's changing attitudes, whether that's changing how someone feels about themselves, whether it's changing uh, their actual behavior. And so um, this is kind of what I, what I do for, for a living, this type of intervention work. It all started when I was a, um, a high school student. I thought that I was going to be a chemist. I, I wanted to do research, work in a cool laboratory with nice you know, lab code and that sort of thing, but it was the most boring experience <laughs> of my life. Uh, it was, it was kind of cool to be, you know, 17 years old and, and doing amazing, you know, research and that sort of thing, but, it, you know, it, it was just very challenging in terms of uh, finding uh, how to make it creative, how to, how to find something that would actually capture my attention. We are doing the same exact experiment, testing drugs for cancer uh, five times a day, mm -hmm. day after day. Yeah. And I just realized that I had to kind of switch fields. And so I went off to college, met a woman who would become ultimately my uh, graduate school advisor, and she was also doing uh, 
research and help, but from a different angle. I've always been into video games, I've always been into virtual reality, the promise of technology and that sort of thing. She was actually using technology to create interventions to change people's behavior among you. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the, the first step uh, towards, uh, towards the creation of Yellow Brick. Me, kind of, you know, she, her taking me under her wing and teaching me how to create interactive media and digital media interventions to kind of change someone's uh, health behavior. Matt's done similar things in the past with his, uh, with, in his academic career, and so it was a natural fit for us to kind of uh, take the next step and figure out how to not just create things uh, that will improve the lives of children, but also take the aspect uh, or the perspective of changing parents mm -hmm. as well, a synergistic approach there. Yeah. So, so I, I, seem, I, I assume, Matt, you're the only one uh, that's a parent around this table, right? <laughs> right? Uh, I guess. I guess. So, so I guess. I guess we're, we're, talking, we're not the know, best audience to be asking these questions. Right? <laughs> but, but so I guess. Or you uh, all have yeah. parents, right? Yes, we do. We do, right? Right. And they I'm have part. issues. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, maybe because I should you direct. Were before you. Yeah, well, yes, that's right. I need to direct them to this website to have them solve their parenting issues. I keep on being told that that all my mannerisms are from my father, so I guess it all rubbed off on me. You know, yeah, we need an intervention. For <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some would say that, especially for my jokes. But uh, so, so Matt, like from from a parent's perspective, I mean, so so you've gone through it. Um, you've probably had moments where where uh, your kids are kind of you're running you up the wall or something. So it's like, did you need interventions? Did, did you kind of? Well, I, I, well, honestly though, it's like when you're when you're when you're daydreaming in your class and not doing your your classwork, thinking about the, this like project. Did it did it occur to you to be like wow you know I could I could have needed that when when I was an early parent or something like that. Well, so so I still am an early parent. My okay. kids are eight and five. Okay. Um, and you know I, I wake up every day right try I try the best I can as a, as a dad. I try to be engaged. I try to be loving. Um, and I get it wrong a lot. You know, um, I I'm short tempered. I'm, I'm grumpy. I'm grouchy. You name it, yeah. right? And so you start to realize well what is that? What of it is actually what the action of your child? And mm -hmm. what is it that you're bringing to the table from your own experience, exactly. from your upbringing, that is creating this moment mm -hmm. right now where you might not be reacting to your children the way you really want to be reacting mm -hmm. to your children? For, for me, it, it goes even deeper, right? So I've taught public school for, for years right here in Hartford at Buckley. Um, and my belief is, you know, so, so my background is about team building and emotional intelligence. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm passionate about education. And my belief is that parents in general overwhelmingly are just trying to do the best they can with the resources they have in front of them. You know, it's very rare that there's a parent out there that really wants harm for their children. Yeah. Um, and so, but what are those resources? What, what do parents come to the table with? And so that's where John and I started to really overlap. And, and we started to get into the research and we started to find that, you know, parents really want support. They want to be able to ask other parents questions. They want to be able to give other parents advice. Um, they want to know, they want to talk to high-level researchers, academic people, um, licensed professionals, and know that that information is valid, but they want, but they're also afraid of saying, you know what, I don't know what I'm doing, because there's judgment that goes with that. So right. You're a bad parent. <laughs> you're a bad parent, right? You become the fodder of water cooler conversation. That's not cool for, nobody wants to be in that position. And so really, as we started to discover that, as we just started to discover, right, like my kids, eight and five. Sure, there's issues that come up, but the consequences of those issues are still relatively small for the most part. But as kids get preteen and teen, those consequ consequences get much more serious and severe. Mm -hmm. Mental health issues, drug addiction, kids that are possibly suicidal, right? Mm -hmm. um, spousal issues, partner issues. And as those issues get more intense, 
parents and families tend to go deeper into isolation because they're afraid of judgment. Mm -hmm. And so our goal with Yellow Brick is that intervention and that education of you don't have to go it alone. There's other people dealing with this. There's other people that know about this. And you can remain anonymous and feel safe and learn how to get out of your own way and smooth out, mm -hmm. you know, that, that journey. So, so it, it's all anonymous on, on Yellowbrook? Or all, is, it, is it an option it can be. kind of thing? Okay. Yeah, yeah, all users have so, the option of being anonymous. So walk us through a user coming on to yellowbrick.me. So uh, I'm a parent. I've got a kid with anger issues. He acts out a lot in class. Um, you know, let's just, we're going to use a random name. Let's call him Eric. <laughs> and, and, you know. Eric, Way off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Eric, I was the golden child in school. <laughs> Eric acts out a lot. The, 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 the teachers have come and spoken to me, said, you know, we, we kind of want to remove him from class because they're not, you know, they, they, they don't get along well with the other kids and they, they do stuff during when everybody else should be paying attention, all that, those things. I've, you know, I've certainly actually talked to I have friends who have kids and, you know, I've certainly seen them, seen a couple deal with this particular issue. And, and it might get later diagnosed as a certain disorder or something or somebody that needs to uh, talk to a counselor. So, but right, all I know right now is that I've got a kid with issues. What do I, I, I go on to yellowbrick.me, what happens? Sure, so you log onto the site by creating a username. You can uh, actually just you know, connect through Facebook and make it simple for you if you like. At that point, you get to choose. Do you want to remain anonymous? You can create any username you want. Uh, or you can actually reveal yourself. Uh, uh, we have a lot of members of the community who uh, do want to remain anonymous because they they have such severe issues in their lives that it would maybe be an embarrassment to themselves <coughs> and or their child. Uh, but a lot of people out there uh, don't have those particular uh, hang-ups and they feel free um, kind of being who they are and, 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 and being open with who they are and their background. And so at that juncture, you make that decision. Uh, after you created your user account, you then kind of start perusing all of the information on the site. At, at the moment, there are two major areas of the site. One is called Expert Corner. Now, Expert Corner is maybe uh, in, in, uh, up your alley. It's the, it's the part of the website where we actually have vetted experts. These, these experts may be pediatricians. They may be psychiatrists. They may be clinical psychiatrists. We have a lot of uh, UConn professors, actually. We have professors all over the globe that do research on parenting and related issues. We have um, lawyer. I mean, anything you can imagine that's related to parenting, these experts um, contribute in the form of articles, um, blog post-style articles, um, uh, educational resources that they may have developed uh, in the past. They can post in this area. Um, online courses that they develop in consultation with, with Yellow Brick. Um, the thing about this one particular part of the site, though, is that each and in, in, every individual expert is vetted by us. Matt and I actually have conversations with these people. We, we look into their background. It, not just anyone can become a yellow brick expert. And so that really does contain this information in, a, in an area of the site. Um, we can really um, sort of regulate the quality and the credibility of this information. Um, and and that, that, that's kind of where you want to go to find out those, uh, that information about the topic that you just uh, mentioned. Now, what you can do is read the articles and then interact with the experts. And I think that's something uh, very unique about us. It's not just a one-sided conversation where 
some you know very very you know narcissistic expert <laughs> is, is telling you what to do. There, yeah. there, there are no professors in academia. That are encourage this dialogue and that's something that people uh, told us in our research and anecdotally that they're not getting you go to some other uh, sites out there some other online communities and you're just kind of uh, reading from the experts perspective but but yellow brick is different in the fact that uh, you can engage in conversation we actively uh, encourage our experts to to, to find uh, comments uh, across the website and and respond to those and, and engage in dialogue and that's something I think that that parents uh, have demonstrated to us that they want it's not just interacting with other parents and to get that kind of ground you know front line advice it's actually interacting with experts on a on a deeper degree and so so that's the that's the expert corner now there's a, sec a second section of the site called the forum so that's kind of a more of a, a an open area of the site where anyone can post members um, include parents, for example. Some of our experts also post in the forum, but it's on topics that may be uh, even a little trivial or fun and, and, and are news-worthy topics, current events, that sort of thing. This is also the section of the site where parents who uh, have a question can create their own post and uh, offer that up to the community for advice. So in this section, parents give parents advice and so forth. They help them support each other along the parenting journey. And that's kind of what Yellow Brick is about. That's why it's named Yellow Brick. I mean, people are all on the same pathway. They're trying to get down that Yellow Brick road, and it helps to have a couple of people that have, you know, traveled the pathway a little bit ahead of you, looking back and giving you advice, telling you, well, here's a, watch out for that misstep. Is it, uh -huh. Yeah, so the, uh, the forums, the forums moderated? Do you ever have troll issues? So, I mean, we are, we're really, interested in trolling right so we, we go out of our way so the forum is moderated by us at this point we ask our community if, if anything comes up that is, yeah. is negative just discriminatory derogatory we want to know about it so we are a parenting site so we want emphatic conversation we want impassioned conversation mm -hmm. um people get passionate about you know you get a conversation <laughs> going on about vaccines right you're gonna <laughs> that's that's like for, for us fantastic yeah, yeah as long as it doesn't you know come down yeah. to people name calling and stuff like that yeah. so that's yes we, we <laughs> the intervention of, of what not to do to let you don't be a parent who's who's bullying other parents exactly. right? like, yes uh, i would say something political but i won't <laughs> <laughs> I, I i know i, I kind of yeah i'm with you chris i'm with you <laughs> it's very simple from our perspective i mean we welcome diverse opinions we think that uh, the, the purpose of yellow brick is to uh, initiate and elicit conversation from People who may have this approach, people who may have that approach. We're apolitical. Uh, we don't really have a, a stance on a lot of issues. We want the community to come together, debate these issues, and with the input of experts, come to conclusions about what's best for them in their particular yes. situation. And so for that reason, we allow pretty much anything as, as long as it doesn't get nasty and evil. There's no name calling. There's, not, there's no uh, telling people that you're a horrible parent because you believe this and I believe that. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we moderate, not the actual content of, uh, of people's opinions yeah. and that sort of thing. And so where are you taking the, where, so you had two aspects of the site that you mentioned. What, what are you hoping to add to it? What's the next development for Yellow Brick? 
Sure. So, I mean, we have lots in the, in the works. Um, I think one important uh, thing that Matt and I are working on now is really growing the network of experts uh, that we have. Uh, at the moment, we have several hundred affiliates, and of those, we have, uh, we're approaching probably 50 expert contributors who have actually taken it upon themselves to develop content for the course. So our primary focus at the moment is to reach out globally. We've recently uh, been chatting with experts in Australia, in the UK. Uh, we have uh, uh, one of our wonderful experts, uh, Ivan, who's in Italy. So that's our primary goal, is to make this a global endeavor. Mm -hmm. And so at the moment, we're reaching out to people. We're, we're looking up different research studies. We're looking up other people's parenting interventions and, and having conversations with them, trying to figure out how to grow our community in a way that's going to be really helpful for uh, the members, the parents. Um, in addition to that, that involves uh, developing online courses and what we're uh, terming experiential learning interventions. So I kind of mentioned at the beginning of this, I was very interested in video games and virtual reality and that sort of thing uh, as, a, as a means to improve behavior. So uh, in the near future, we're going to be uh, focusing on developing those types of applications, uh, standalone applications. And it might be a, a virtual reality simulation that trains parents how to have a meaningful conversation with their kid. It might be something as simple as a, an online lecture series that a, that a prolific you know, influencer wants to, wants to develop and, and, uh, and post on, on the course. So in other words, our next step is to kind of increase the amount of high quality educational materials curriculum development, uh, not just blog posts and simple opinion pieces, but actual educational articles uh, that we have on the site. That's one aspect of our future uh, development. Yeah, and then simultaneously to that, we're also starting to work on a community-based um, approach as well. So going out into the community with some of our experts as panelists around specific topic okay. areas. So going to a local high school and putting on a um, you know, question and answer series on mental health, on um, drug addiction on you name it things that are affecting parents and families and starting to really create a panel for that starting in Connecticut and eventually kind of nationwide hopefully where there's a yellow brick almost TED talk if you will yeah. of specifically um, parenting issues with a panel of experts mm -hmm. so um how, how do you uh, decide what experts you need uh, you know you mentioned earlier you vet these people yeah. and all that but um you know, what what brings you, you know, we need an expert on this topic or that? It, I mean, it's a great question. And really, we we are just looking for experts in the field, right? We're not necessarily, we've got specific ideas of, of topics we like to cover. Um, you know, we're, we're really focused on preteen and teen issues because we think the consequences get very significant at that point. But it doesn't mean we're limited to that. We've got experts that are talking about prenatal and, you know, pregnancy all the way up. Um, so really, if an expert comes to us and we vet them, it, to some degree, we don't care what their topic is. As long as they're passionate about it, as long as they are an expert in it, we're cool with it. Um, so for example, we were just having a conversation this morning at breakfast. Somebody came to us last week and said, you know, one of the conversations that I feel is missing from your site is faith and how faith is uh, played into families, right? Interfaith marriages, how do you bring a child up with, with a belief in faith? And, so again, we are non-denominational, we're apolitical as, as a company, but if, if there's experts, if there's rabbis or, or priests or imams out there that want to engage with us as experts and have that conversation, we would love to, to have them participate. What Matt just said is, is kind of how, it, how it's been going uh, for us recently. We actually have members who are on the site 
who contact us and they say, this is a wonderful resource. You've helped so much, but I noticed that you don't have very many articles on autism. Or I noticed that you don't have very many articles on racism. And so we actually get feedback from the community all the time about where they feel we can improve the, the, the volume of content or really dig deeper on a, yeah. on, on a certain issue. Of course, in addition to that member feedback to develop the topics, we also kind of follow uh, current events. And, and if there's something in the news, for example, maybe there's a mass shooting. We understand that now is a time that we really should uh, reach out to our experts and commission articles related to this topic because it's something that parents are dealing with now in the moment. A great example of that was when the boy fell into the uh, gorilla tank at the at the zoo. I mean, that was How to act at the zoo. Don't let your kid fall into the gorilla tank. I think that's a short article. <laughs> 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 Rest in peace, That was a topic that parents were disagreeing about. Some people said it was the parents' fault. Some people said it was the zoo's fault. It's the kids' fault. It's, yeah. it's someone else's fault. So we realized at that point, we needed to reach out to our experts and, and figure out how to tie this back to good parenting. And we had a wonderful article by one of our experts, uh, Jean Mercer, and she was talking about the concept of PTSD and what a family might go through in traumatic events like this. And so it, we take current events and we apply it to parenting. Yeah, and we're, and we're really trying to also connect dots. So for example, one of our experts in Australia wrote an article for us maybe six months ago on a girl named Amanda Todd. So Amanda, about four years ago, unfortunately, was one of the first cases of, of a child killing themselves because of cyberbullying. Um, and so the, the anniversary of her death is actually coming up in October here. Um, so Kim wrote this amazing article for us. Based on that article, we got a lot of kind of feedback from it. Then we had an uh, expert, Shane Owens from New York, write some more articles on suicide prevention. And lo and behold, Amanda's mom, Carol, reaches out to us. And so now we're in part working with the Amanda Todd mm -hmm. Foundation, mm -hmm. right? And so that's kind of our... our one of our other underlying yeah. goals is kind of connecting the dots. You've got all these people out there working on these really amazing things, but they're again kind of siloed. So, yeah, hopefully, let it let it bubble up through the community, yeah. and then once there's the kind of the need or the ask, right? Yeah. The community saying we want this, exactly. we want that, then you go in that direction. Now, one of the one of the interesting things, that, and I'll kind of go back to uh, uh, Dave's example of uh, his his. Uh, his, his son Eric. <laughs> 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 um, so I, I guess the persona is that are you uh, are you trying to um, look for parents who say I I need the help I I'm the one that's wrong as the parent or because or is it coming like my ch my child is the is the one that's crazy and you know he's the one that's going on so it's like it's like is it an introspective where you're saying uh, like the parent coming saying I want it or is it my child is out of control I think I think. In, in, from our perspective, it's it, it's one or the other. It's not it, the, it's yeah. not exclusive, right? So it could be the parent going, okay, I'm I'm in over my head. I don't know what I'm doing. I need help, right? Yeah. Like something's up with either my child. Um, I don't know that I'm handling it correctly. Something's up with my partner, my spouse, whatever, um, and I need help. Or it could be the the opposite of that, right? In the sense that um, it, it could be introspective. Mm -hmm. It could be looking at the child. So we're, we're really, we want to be a resource there for you regardless of, of how the issue is coming up mm -hmm. and how it's being perceived. Some parents, you know, some parents just know that they, there's got to be a different way to do it mm -hmm. or, or, you know, there's got to be other alternatives and they just don't know what those are. Um, so yeah. 
And if I could jump in and give you yeah. an example of something uh, yeah. w recently where uh, we had an interest in, uh, in, in, in articles about how to improve your relationship quality with your, with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And so that's an example of, it's not the child's fault. There's nothing wrong with <laughs> the child be. in this case. <laughs> this is something that a parent said, I recognize I need to improve myself. I need to increase yeah. my life in order to provide for my child. So to answer your question, there's a little bit of both. Yeah, mm -hmm. people, people's children have lots of problems yeah. they need to fix, but then I think we have a large uh, proportion of our, uh, of our membership who recognize that there are other areas, work-life balance, mm -hmm. things like that, where they can improve themselves and it'll have that trickle-down effect on their family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, uh, and I bring this up, again, not being a parent. <laughs> I do have a dog, so I'm going to relate it to my dog. But, but it's, yeah, it's they're the, the exact same thing. <laughs> <Eric Cohen>. <laughs> <They are. laughs> and she's, a, she's a geriatric dog, that's so even worse. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. But, but it's, it's one of those things where um, I, I've seen this go, going around, and again, not a parent, but I'll, I'll put my two cents into the mix. Um, is, is that like, it's like, um, as the parents, it's like, it's, it's the, the parents, that's the relationship that has to be fostered first, like between the two parents. It's like, you, we are partners. We, are, this is the relationship that we have that's more important than my relationship to, to my kid, kind of a thing. Like, again, yeah. when I say no yeah, to my yeah, dog yeah. and then she, then she goes to my girlfriend, does it, she has to say no to, right. you know, oh. kind of a thing. Oh. So it's like one of those things where it's a, it's, it's a, a it's great a, analogy. It, it is. I don't know that it works with cat owners, <laughs> <Yeah>. but. <laughs> but it, I wonder if like that's uh, one of the topics that's kind of, kind of come up. That's co-parenting. There are yeah. tons of people out there who have uh, maybe been divorced or, uh, they were never married, but they are raising children together. And even within a family that, 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 that's, still, uh, that's still together, there are those co-parenting issues. Yeah. One is the bad cop always, you know? One is the good cop always sometimes. And so uh, we definitely have a lot of content on the site designed to help people navigate their interpersonal issues so that they don't mess up their kid yeah. and say, yeah, you can have it, but only when daddy's not home. That yeah. sort of thing, right? <laughs> don't tell mom. Normally don't tell but, mom. But also, yeah. but, also, yeah. but, but also in the sense of like, this is where it started kind of a thing, like we need to have a good relationship to have well, a good relationship with our kids. And, kind of and it, and it gets even deeper than that, right? It's not just about agreeing on discipline, consequences, yeah. behavior. It's, it's what kind of role yeah. models do you as a parent want to be? And again, so so much of this is, for so many of us, is predetermined in some ways, right? We we were raised, we've got our models, our parents. Like, Your hey, worldviews, you know? Yeah, like, they fought over money. I can I can scream at my spouse because of money issues. Yep. You know what I mean? But then you're, you're bringing up another generation where money becomes a major factor in their life they're stressed about it you know and as they grow up their relationships are are you know based on this concept of money is always a stress and you've got to fight over it so now when that parent decides that person decides they want to step outside that box and change that paradigm where do they go to mm -hmm. how do they start to change that and so it's not just like i said it's not just about agreeing on consequences and behavior and stuff it's about role models it's about you know division of chores division of labor how you you know, do you belittle each other in front of the kids? Do you talk loving? I mean, all of those things yep. come into what these guys down here, the, you know, the, my five-year-old, my eight-year-old, my 13-year-old, what they're seeing and what they're going to expect from life as they grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's actually just like running a podcast. I mean, I was going to say, I, I often tell Eric, don't talk to me that way in front of the guests. <laughs> I, I just, so... Um, no, I'm not a chore parent. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, now for some of the hard questions. Uh-oh. Uh, I mean, we're an entrepreneur show, so I want to get into the entrepreneur side of your business, right? 
So, so what is this? Is this, uh, is this a business that's going to make money? How do you monetize it? Is it a nonprofit? What are you doing? So it's not a nonprofit. Our goal is definitely to make money. Um, you know, we, we hope that there is a social impact component to what we're doing, but, but we're definitely a revenue producing mm -hmm. entity. So our, our revenue models are online courses, um, which, we'll, yep. which we're selling, um, ad site advertising and site sponsorship. Um, product promotion. Um, so, you know, we've got the ability to review products that are out there, um, apps that are based on kid for kids and stuff like that, um, and provide an unbiased review of that product. Um, and then there's some other things that we're working on as well for some other revenue models. But. Great. How many uh, uh, active users do you guys have, or how many people do you, I mean, uh, come and go uh, through the site? So, we've got just under 1,200 signed up members to the site um, and this month we'll probably have what about 13,000 unique visitors on the site or something yeah it's a little deceiving because uh, you don't actually need to sign up for an account to view the content yeah exactly and yeah. most people out there 90% of people don't want to actually contribute to the conversation they just want to take it all in and read so the sign up numbers are kind of not really in indicative yeah. of, 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 of the traffic. I, we're, we're approaching, yeah, the, you know, we're, we're crossing 10,000 unique users per month on the actual site, but the reality of it is that we post these articles on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and that sort of thing. A lot of our conversations go on there. And so we're, we're reaching um, on average probably about 75,000 people per month at the moment through uh, various uh, social media channels mm -hmm. and, and combined uh, 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 site visits and that sort of thing, and growing. So uh, I have a question here. Uh, how did you grow this community from essentially nothing? I mean, where, where did you start with this? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, a, a lot of entrepreneurs out there, you know, they want to grow a community around their business. And, you know, it sounds like you guys have done fairly well, you know, already, and you're growing still. So how did you get started on that, though? Yeah, we spent, we, I mean, really we've spent a lot of time just grassroots rooting it, right? Like yeah. just networking, talking to people, um, con you know, phone calls, um, and really just trying to get the word out. I mean, it's it's a day-to-day -day effort. You know, after after this, I've got three meetings with various experts to vet them, to get them on the site, to get them to start contributing, and then hopefully from, you know, each one of those experts, besides providing us content, our goal, obviously our goal is that they also work as a marketing arm for us, because they bring their own network with them. So, I mean, it's really just grassroots. In the initial stages, we had um, our friends and family who really did a lot for us in terms of getting the word out and sharing it to their social networks and really uh, supporting us. And Matt has a lot of uh, people in his network. I have a lot of people in my network in different areas. And we just spent a lot of time in the initial days contacting people, sending sending spam to our friends. Check your spam box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, no, they, it's purposely going yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's kind of been a slow, uh, yeah. a slow rollout in the beginning with getting those numbers up. But I mean, I, I can see it. I mean, every single week, you just see it expanding and expanding. And that's been pretty cool to witness. Totally. And I, I will say we got to give a shout out to our marketing person at this point that it's been working for us for about three months now. So Scott Phillips, um, who, who we brought on a couple months ago, has been fantastic and really helping us from that grassroots kind of 
Yeah, he's one of the premier marketing uh, experts in, <laughs> in the state of Connecticut. We were, Scott, we were very Scott. lucky to attract Scott. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> yeah, people love your marketing people. <laughs> <laughs> love them. Sorry, we are sitting across from another marketing <laughs> person. That's awkward. <laughs> it's a, it's, we, we make the same comments to him. So yeah, it's, exactly. You gotta butter us up, you know. <laughs> no, it was really, to be honest, it, like he's done so much for us and just helping us to think about like things that Matt and I thought we were we were solid on, this particular approach, this particular <laughs> messaging approach, this particular imagery and that sort of thing. And then Scott throws something out there and Matt, are like, and Matt and I are like, yeah. whoa, well, yeah, we, that's right. Just <laughs> even the way we were posting, you know, yeah. like mm -hmm. like I was doing all of our social media posts using Hootsuite and stuff and he comes in and he's like, yeah, that's great, but we could tweak it, mm -hmm. you know? And all of a sudden like our numbers just, and I'm like, all right, you know, I mean, so stuff like that, like I don't, you know, yeah. I'm not a marketing person. Yeah. I, don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. Sounds like a similar conversation you and I had, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's not bad Very for similar. a little tweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, is this a full-time job for you guys? Where, and if not, how are you going to make it when you want? Yeah, so it's a good question. John is a full-time professor at UConn. Um, I own a business consulting company. Um, that currently is my full-time gig, so I do uh, I, I do a lot of consulting for small, medium businesses, bookkeeping, stuff like mm -hmm. that, um, you know, strategy and team building. Um, so our goal is definitely to build this into a full-time, our full-time job within the next 12, 13 months. Um, and the way that we're going to do that is, A, we're actively looking for investors right now um, to get us over, like, a seed round to get us kind of over the next hump. We've been self-funded up, up to this point. Um, and based on revenue growth. So mm -hmm. based on you know us, us landing that seed round, we've got pretty strong revenue models built in that we know we can execute really well. And so if things work out you know, six to seven months down the road, we should be able to legitimately look at it and be able to say, okay, you know, another three, four months, we're, we're good to go. Nice, nice. Now, now we're in Connecticut. We talk about the uh, the kind of the, the startup scene and everything. So, <laughs> give us your guys' perspective on next. I mean, you're from UConn, so and a lot of stuffs always happening up in UConn. Um, they tend to be a little bit of a silo. Now, now they're in Hartford. Um, they're definitely very active across the state. Um, but um, so, give us a give us a sense of that. Like, have, have you guys leveraged any of the resources in Connecticut? Have you um, any of the groups that have really um, kind of helped you kind of grassrooted out out to the uh, to the other parts? Um, I mean, no, not really. <laughs> hey, that's, that's that would be my answer. Yes. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, so I do mentor mentorship at Risa yeah. um, from you know from my other my yeah. the other half of my life, right? So as a business expert, mm -hmm. business consultant, mm -hmm. I'm I'm a reset expert. So I've found you know some resources within Reset, just meeting people yeah. that that have been valuable to me, like meeting Eric. Yeah. Um, and I met Eric's partner, Kieran, but that was through an improv yep. um, <laughs> um But no, really. <laughs> yeah, Kieran and I did an improv class together. Um, so, but no, the reality is I find Connecticut um, very siloed, very, very hard to navigate. Um, we've had some meetings with, can I mention, Organizations, or yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had some <laughs> Please do. Yeah, we've had some meetings with uh, CT Next, um, and you know, all in all, didn't really go go where I would have thought for for an organization that says they're really startup friendly and trying to support the startup scene. This is it. this is. I mean, this is perfect. Actually, I mean, what part of our goal, right, is to spread the word about what Connecticut needs. So, if an entrepreneur comes on here and says, "This is what I would have expected," I mean, that's that's the message that we want to get out. 
So, so what is it that you would hope from kinetic organizations? What is it that would be more valuable to you as an organization? <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, for me, I, I find Connecticut is interesting being between New York and, and Boston, right, where you've got some really big VCs and some really big stuff happening in the tech world and innovative, you know, biotech and stuff like that. Um, I think Connecticut, Chris and I, we were talking about it before, infrastructurally, it's, it's just not the easiest place for business, right, at this point. It's not a great startup. I mean, the reality is, is I'm here, my wife owns her own business in Connecticut as well. So we're, we're here because of that. I mean, I could be doing what I'm doing anyway, anywhere. Right? Um, and to some degree, people ask me all the time, like, why aren't you in Silicon Valley or Austin or Brooklyn or, or even Boston? Or even yeah. Boston? Mm -hmm. And to some degree, it might be easier for us to do what we're doing somewhere else. Um, so I think that for me, Hartford's really missing a collaborative effort of, of bringing, you know, and I think Reset's tried. I think, um, I, I don't know much else that's really out there that's tried to do it, but like bringing resources together, not just CT Next and CT, your CT Innovations, that's quasi-public-private, but really bringing angel funding to the state of Connecticut, mm -hmm. um, and angel funding that isn't conservatively minded, right? Mm -hmm. it, it seems to me Connecticut has a lot of people that are interested in investing, but they are st there's still a mindset, for the most part, and I'm not saying this as a generalization, but there's a mindset in Connecticut, it's still gotta be brick and mortars, we still wanna see a year of a lifestyle of, business or something kind uh, of where it's just like I'm there every day right um, I'm there every day yeah. just running it on everything exactly and and we and before we even get involved we need to see some we need revenue we need growth we need you know these things this is yeah. like the tried and true whereas I think Austin and Silicon and you know Boston and stuff like that like there's more opportunity for people to get in on the ground floor of some innovative businesses like what we're doing aquaponics stuff yeah. like that that are really going out there making a difference that people don't necessarily, you know, they want to see you two years out, they don't want to see you today. And that's, yeah. that's a struggle. It's the land of steady habits, you know, that's why they call us that. <laughs> that's it, right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <clears throat> it seems like angel investors um, in Connecticut sometimes act more like VC investors. Right, a venture capital is not going to venture capital investor is not going to invest in two guys with an idea. Right, they, they, they at that point you're asking for more money. They expect to see, you know, some customers, a market, you know, some Exit some strategy. Yeah, yeah right. well, well, yeah, some kind of traction. Um, you know, it used to be that angels would get involved. You know, before really any of that, before I maybe mean, not with just an idea, but kind of at the point where you're at. Right, you, yeah. you've you've got a little bit. You've gone out there. You've invested your own money. You've shown your uh, you've shown your commitment to it, and then you need something to get up to the next level. And I, I agree. I mean, to me, I think I think of angels. Angels are like friends and, you know, fr the friends and family round. If you don't have friends and family, they can put into it. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, like, you can't convince your friends and family. You know, one of my, one of my uh, professors, one of the things I did learn at business school, yeah, the, the three Fs, right? Friends, families, and fools. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah. for me, if I could uh, jump in there and kind of echo the, the concern about the infra infrastructure, I think that UConn, where I'm in stores, has done a wonderful job recently um, you know, creating and drawing businesses uh, to that particular area, and they're very supportive of professors who have inventions or uh, mm -hmm. faculty and, 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 and staff and members of the UConn community that have these ideas. They've done a great job setting up uh, structures and, 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 and programs to, to facilitate that. Um, but, but one of the challenges, I think, still is the geographical distance between people. You have to go 
all the way to Hartford or beyond sometimes in order to have a, a face-to-face meeting with someone. And, mm-hmm. and as we were chatting about a little earlier, I mean, the traffic can be brutal if you're trying to get across town. And I mean, by across town, I mean halfway across the state uh, and then back for a, for a lunch and that sort of thing. So I think one of the drawbacks of Connecticut is that there is not really a centralized, you know, downtown area where everyone who's playing in this uh, sandbox kind of lives and, and, and works and, and it has their social time as well. It seems like you're always driving driving everywhere and you know, it's difficult to kind of do these kind of off-the-cuff meetings and, 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 and really get efficient at, at bouncing back and forth between groups and networking and that sort of thing. That's what happens when you're up in the hills in stores. But I will say I will say on like the positive side of it like you know as Sinatra said right if you can make it here you can make it anywhere. Yeah. I mean in, in you know, I know he's talking about New York, but I be- like as a startup, I believe that about Connecticut, right? right. Like, so uh, yeah. you know, in some regards, like if we were in Silicon, we would be one of, of thousands, yeah, yeah. right? And, and the VCs that would even want you are passed on, or like they weren't even in the rounds of other, other right, right, exactly. Kind of so you've got to really, really stand out. Whereas in Connecticut, if you can stand out and you can survive long enough to gain traction, right? Yeah. Then that's you've, you've made it. Yeah. I think that this particular uh, idea lends itself well, lends itself well to the kind of grassroots approach that Matt was describing. You know, we really did start local, and it's growing now. We mentioned Italy and and, and UK yeah. and Australia, but really the the initial stages was Connecticut. Our our experts came from Connecticut. Our mm-hmm. you know the people that were helping us uh, de- with with design issues and, and engineering issues and that sort of thing. They're from Connecticut, and so I think that that was uh, very helpful in terms of us starting and and with, without much. Uh, kind of um, to work with. And I think that our particular product lends itself well to that local community feel. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's uh, scalable and, and it can expand worldwide, but it, it really did help us to be here in Connecticut uh, and, and to take advantage of those local resources to some degree as well. One thing Connecticut does not lack is people who hold themselves out as experts. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's one of those guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I can count five of them in this room. Uh, so, so uh, just out of curiosity, have you guys applied for the Yukon Innovation Fund, which is a relatively new thing for Connecticut companies associated with Yukon? No, we have not, actually. Okay. So well, we will be. I mentioned because I think applications close for the first round um, in the next uh, week or two. Oh. So I'm going to look at and, that. And again, you're yeah. from Yukon, so you can, you can be a part of that. See, I, so, so from, from my perspective, like on, on the state of Connecticut, right, is like it is easy to drive around to get places. I mean, go, going up to Torrington takes an hour, right? You, you can go there, but you can go to Stanford. You can go to Yukon. I mean, every, everywhere's basically within an hour's reach, right? right. Um, but we are a little siloed, right? You have Hartford, you have, you have New Haven, you have, um, uh, you know, Stanford and everything like that. <clears throat> And also, you have some towns that you don't even know. Like I was in Meriden the other day, and well, not not know, but like I was in Meriden. You know, you know, Meriden. we have clients in Meriden. But I was in Meriden, and and I was talking to the uh, head of the chamber there, and he was telling me that they have um, fiber optic all throughout downtown. And I was like, hold on, so you have like like really high speed internet fiber optic, and you're not telling there's no tech companies in here. Like that's the big issue in Hartford, and, and right. that they don't there's no fiber optic. And he told me that. Their, their their electricity hasn't gone out in like 10 years in downtown. So that means, again, for a right. startup, that's <laughs> monstrous. Yeah. So again, these little things that you don't know about yeah. these different towns, and again, you can get you can get anywhere in the state. Um, and, and from our, I know from, from Fresh Farms' perspective is that we have seen it as pretty, I mean, if it's pretty easy to access people if you want them. You know, if you want to get to them, you there is a right. route within Connecticut. Like, we're, it, we're a small state, so we got 3.5 million people, 
same amount of people as in Long Island. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we have the ability to, you know, six degrees of separation right, to right. most people, which is which I think that's a good thing. You know, would I think that we've noticed um, is that you can just again get connected pretty easily if you like want want it. You know, yeah. conversely, you know, I live nine miles down the road. It took me 25 minutes to get to Hartford this morning because 84 was a parking lot, right. and it's like that every day. And that can be discouraging. Cheering Ch- Russia. He, he, lived, he lived in L.A. Come on. You can't even. I was in L.A. for 13 even, years. Yeah, he got out. <laughs> That's what drove it me It took him 10 years to get out. Exactly. You know, speaking as a, as a motorcyclist, uh, L.A. just passed, a, well, California just passed a law allowing motorcycles to split lanes. So it's really? now legal for motorcycles to go right in between cars, wow. stop I feel like cars on highway. Listen, you can kill yourself. Yeah, okay. exactly. Why is that even regulated? Like, <laughs> you know, if you, you want to do it, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll scrape you off later. Well, well now, now it's illegal for the person to throw open the door when the motorcycle's going up there. <laughs> Before it was a public. I've actually seen that happen uh, in, in LA. Sitting there on the 405, they call it the 405 mile an hour. You're sitting there in the parking lot, 24 hours a day, and literally, I saw a motorcycle coming down the middle of the lane. Someone just. Oh door. my god! No, I mean, imagine that level of aggression. I don't think. That <laughs> see, see, see. My my whole thing is that that ruins my day. I have to get my door fixed. <laughs> like, why would I do that? Like, I know. I, and that that is a serious level of aggression. Yeah. I, I just got back from Hawaii where they were like, I, I spent. I, I got to admit, I was very fortunate. I got to spend two weeks in Hawaii. But the driving there, there are there are literally almost two spe- two car lengths between every car, even during rush hour. In Connecticut, that's three cars trying to get into the It's crazy. And a school bus. And a school bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, any other questions for these guys? No, I mean, I mean, big thing for um, that I'd want to know is um, just uh, any more resources out for like single uh, mothers, single fathers. I know the single fathers is a big one that doesn't really get a lot of attention because um, yeah. you know it's it's more the women than, than the fathers. Definitely, and that was a kind of a, one of the driving factors for uh, creating the site in the way that we did. We we took a look at the competition, and you know, there's tons of resources out for new moms, and there there are some great websites that focus on mommy issues, yeah. Cafe Mom, for example, and things like that. Where are dads? You know, where are men being represented in this whole parenting sphere? It's really reinforcing stereotypes that you really don't need to be involved in, in child rearing. Let, let mom handle everything. So one of our primary goals was to make the site look and feel kind of gender neutral. If you go mm-hmm. there, it's not pink. It's not purple. It looks like a man could actually have it on his iPad yeah. and not be embarrassed to, to, to have other people look over his shoulder, right? And we take an, act, an active um, effort to, to actually include articles and perspectives from men. And it, you'll see a lot of our, a lot of our experts are, are, are men, actually, where you don't really see contributors on, on other uh, kind of communities and uh, really taking that, um, taking that angle. There, it is definitely mommy-focused. And so we, of course, have moms on our site, and I, I think that's, uh, to some degree, the majority of our, of our members at this point, but we have a large proportion of men, and, we, and we're very proud of that. We want to continue uh, inviting uh, dads to the site, uh, single dads included. Grand, grand, granddads yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, yeah. They have lots to share and advice to share. And, that, and so, mm-hmm. so that is, it's not just parents, but grandparents, because because they, oh, yeah. they, they it's, it's, it's more yeah. you know, guardians, anybody that is dealing with. Uh, yeah, like it, guardians would be a good word. Yeah. And we've actually gotten a lot of uh, feedback from from people from grandparents specifically mm-hmm. saying like we need resources also. Right? Mm-hmm. And you never really think about this, but that grandparenting relationship becomes a, such a different animal. Than any of the other relationships. Well, because right, because they 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 parented their kid. Well, that, that that and they're like, 
you know. Well, like, right. So you know. now, now when you step into that role of grandparent, all these things come up, right? Okay. So what if what do I do if I don't agree with the way my child in spouse or my child is is handling yeah. their ch- child rearing responsibilities? Mm-hmm. If I step in and how does that affect again back to the relationship? How does that affect my kid and their marital relationship? Mm-hmm. Like, and so from a grandparent's point of view, like. It, it becomes this very difficult thing where like how how deep do I tread tread lightly you know what's the effect of me treading like and yeah. and so a lot of grandparents are, are you know have yeah. a lot of questions about I'm, that. I'm actually seeing it now because my uh, my sister so uh, my, my niece is uh, about one and a half a little less and uh, my mom uh, is uh, so uh, trying to give cookies and stuff like that and my sister uh, is like no, <laughs> no 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 so my sister did uh she's a uh, drug rehab uh, counselor and uh she um so she's done research on like the, the effects of sugar and everything like mm-hmm. compared to heroin and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff and she's like you are not giving yeah. my kids sugar yeah. <laughs> and like my mom's trying to sneak it and she's like no i'm se-, like mom seriously stop it <laughs> you yeah. know so it's like one of those yeah, kind yeah, of funny yeah. things where again comes down to uh comes down to uh, the, the grandparent different relationship, right? Because I, I was probably hopped up on sugar all, you know, when I was little. She's like, all the, my, my kids, like, my kids barely have any sugar. I grew up drinking, you know, a three-liter bottle of Coke between, between the time I got home from school yeah. and dinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and my, my dad, you know, my dad is, like, the primary caregiver for my kids. He picks yeah. them up from school five days a week. And I will say it's, you know, we're very, like, my wife and I are very fortunate because my dad... Yeah as active as he is in my kid's life he's never once tried to step in he just he he's very respectful of what my wife and i want for our kids whereas a lot of our friends like you know they'll go visit the grandparents for a weekend and like the kids are ruined yeah they come back and they're like you know so i can do whatever i want it's a a hard relationship you're not the boss of me (laughs) they told me how you stack and i don't need to use a car seat anymore my mom threatens me with like i can't wait for you to have kids no no there's stories my parents are absolutely not allowed to tell my kids Many, many yes. stories. <laughs> so if someone wants to reach out to yellowbrick.me and either that or John, how do they do that? Um, yeah, so both of us, our emails are very simple. It's our, our names at yellowbrick.me. They could also email info at yellowbrick.me, um, which, you know, is, is monitored on a regular basis and, and responds. <laughs> head to, to the site, you can uh, contact us there as well. Yeah. Any uh, Facebook or Twitter or anything like that? We have both. And we have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that. Uh, the, the, the buttons are at the top of the, the page there on the site. Um, and I think that that's one of the, our biggest focuses uh, in, in the near future is kind of growing those communities. Uh, so we, we hope that people kind of follow us and have some really, really interesting activity uh, in, in, in the past couple months. Great. And Chris, if somebody wants to get a hold of us, what do they do? <laughs> uh, www.ctstartup.com. Yeah. You'll find all our contact information there, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, and we're on Facebook. You can hit us up there, CT Startup. And, uh, yeah, and so we'll link all your, your stuff into the, uh, the show notes and everything. Already and on that yep. Boom, <laughs> look at that. Excellent. All right, cool. Well, thank you very much, guys, for coming out. Thanks and uh, just to let you know, that didn't record, so we're going to start all over. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, I agree. Open the window. I'm gone. <laughs> right. Thanks, thank guys. You. Thank, thank you very thank much, you. guys. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the CT Startup Podcast. 
We want to thank our audio sponsor, the Murphy Kalina Law Firm, our guests for their time and input, our production company, Sublime Exposure Online, and of course you, our listeners, for helping make all this possible. Make sure to check out our Facebook page, our webpage at ctstartup.com, and our Twitter at ctstartupcast. And please make sure to join our newsletter for all the latest information on the Connected Startup Show.